This morning I'd like to address a subject that uh, we don't often talk about, especially in chapel, but one that actually does affect you many, many hours a day uh, and will affect most of you in a very major way this coming summer and the spring break. And many of you it uh, is an ongoing issue. And I'm talking about being the right kind of employee. The Bible directly deals with this. In fact, some of the most specific teaching on the new man and on the spirit-filled life found both in Ephesians and in Colossians have to do with being the right kind of employee. And let me just say this, when we're not the right kind of employee, we are not the right kind of Christian, period. And it affects every other part of our life. And sometimes we work in places that no other person from our church or college is a see. I mean, they're not around. And it's almost like we have another life there. And so I've just felt like it's very important for us to realize that this is a key part of our walk with God. Uh, Colossians 3, I'm going to look at this uh, portion. There are several throughout the New Testament that are very important. But I'm going to just focus on this one in particular and refer to the others. So this is, uh, I believe, a great help because it's in the context of seeking those things which are above since we're risen with Christ. It's talking about living the genuine Christian life. Employees in the Detroit business office found the following important notice on the bulletin board. Quote, the management regrets that it has come to our attention that workers dying on the job are failing to fall down. This practice must stop as it becomes impossible to distinguish between death and the natural movement of the staff. <laughs> Any employee found dead in an upright position will be dropped from the payroll. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, the uh, uh, secular workforce has uh, had a lot of problems with handling employees, but unfortunately, believers also can have a, a, a particularly unique uh, challenge when it comes to being the right kind of employee. Let me just read these verses, verse 22 to the end of the chapter. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Now this is in particular dealing with a very major situation, and that was that one third of the Roman Empire, one third of them were slaves. And you've got to realize slaves were not just those that did menial tasks, even professionals such as doctors and so forth uh, many times were technically slaves and had no control really over their own destiny. It's very difficult for us to understand that kind of mentality. So lest we try to excuse our situations because we're in a uniquely difficult one, None of our situations compare to the people that were being addressed in this, um, in this context here because it, uh, it's the idea of slaves, servants. It would be anyone that is under the authority 
of someone else as far as the work that is being done, but especially the matter of slaves. And, uh, and so uh, this is, you're going to see, especially at the end of this paragraph, uh, some key things that helped them in particular because they had no getting out of it. Uh, you have a job, you can quit, you know. Uh, sometimes you better not quit because that's not a good thing for you. But uh, you have that option. Many of these being addressed didn't have that option. So that's why you're going to see some of the emphasis here. So let's talk about being a spirit-filled employee. Uh, going back to verse 22, servants obey in all things. This is in the present tense, be obedient, indicating uninterrupted obedience. Believers are not to obey simply when they desire to or when their employers are fair and reasonable. Now one of the dangers in today's culture is that we can decide what we think is right. We live in the post-truth culture, so what I think is truth is what is truth. It doesn't matter what you think is truth, what I think is truth for me, and you need to respect that. But that's going to be a bigger and bigger problem for you. That is irrational, but that is the way people think. You know, isn't that interesting in science they don't believe that? And yet when it comes to uh, the thought process of people, especially in morality and so forth, that's what we're up against. But uh, we do have a generation that has its own ideas about what they think are right or, and wrong or whether they should obey or not and what is fair and what's not fair and so forth. And there isn't that uh, proper biblical and consistent understanding of authority. And, but for us as uh, believers, we've got to understand that we need to obey in all things. So when you are in a job, unless you are directly commanded to go against Scripture, you need to be, as a Christian employee, you need to be one that obeys all the time. All the time. That's what it says. I'm, I'm emphasizing this because sometimes we don't put on the same level something like a job to maybe parents or something like that. Obviously, there are different situations. But how we respond on the job is going to directly affect our relationship to God and our ability to work with other people. And so we need to obey at all times. 1 Peter 2.18, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief... Uh, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your own faults that you take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable unto God. In other words, don't act like you're a martyr when it's your own problem that got you into the mess that you're in. Uh, we should uh, not only nice and good employers, but to those that are even forward. I've had a couple of those kinds of employers over the years. I think everybody needs to have one or two just to uh, learn what life is about. I uh, had worked for several years for a godly man at uh, 63rd and Kedzie in Chicago. That was an experience. 16-year-old kid um, at a grill uh, there, and 
I learned to work hard. He was tough on me, but he was fair. He was right, and he taught me a lot about hard work. Uh, it wasn't long before he promoted me to the, to the actual counter. It's hard to explain one of those Chicago grills, but it was just, it was only uh, seats at the counter. And, uh, and so people would come in, and unless it was right at lunch hour, you were the only person there. So you had to take the order, you had to cook, you had to wash the dishes, you had to handle the cash register, you had to do everything, and they would not allow you to write it down because one of the things of honor of, of a Chicago grill was that you remember everything. You know, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Talk about multitasking and having to remember everything. And then on top of it all off, a lot of people would come in regularly and they would want the same thing every time. So you needed to know what exactly they wanted in their coffee, how many squirts of cream and sugar and all that you put in there, uh, or what did they want on their hamburger or steak burger. Or, and uh, you need, in fact, you, these big windows, you could look out the uh, pretty good distance and you really earned a good tip if you saw them coming down the way and when they walked in, plop, there it is, you know. <laughs> that was back uh, in the days when the, I think the minimum wage was $1.65. <laughs> that, uh, that really dates me. But anyway, I got up to $3 an hour. That was, that was really something. I mean, it really was something. Well, you gotta realize my room board and tuition for an entire year was uh, less than 2,000. So that helps put things into perspective. I'm really dating myself right now on this. But I want you to know, I worked hard, and I averaged 10 to $12 an hour in tips on top of my, uh, and so I was earning some pretty decent money for back then, but it was a lot of hard work. Now, how did I get into all that? Uh, oh, yes. He was a good, he was a good employer. And uh, so that was a joy to work there. But then we moved out to the suburbs, and I started working for a place called Chicken Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, right, that's about, it was, it's worth laughing about. Um, and uh, I found out that drugs were dealt in restaurants, and, you know, I saw, I didn't even know what was going on. You know, I'm a senior in high school, but I'm as dumb as, can, and I was at 63rd and Kedzie. I mean, I had drunks fall through our windows, you know. Uh, I had to pull one guy out of his hot chili, you know, he had fallen asleep, you know, and uh, uh, it wasn't, wasn't uncommon, you know, they would say, uh, you know, I want a guy come in inebriated, I want a bowl of chili and two scoops of ice cream, well, we put the two scoops of, scoops of ice cream, it was really an interesting thing, I'm telling you, it was, now they left good tips. It, what they would pay for is $2, and they leave $18 since a, a 20. It wasn't bad, so we, we, didn't, we didn't mind the drunks. We would, uh, we would work with them. The one thing that was good, I worked that night shift, is that we gave the Chicago's finest, the policemen, free meals. <laughs> so they were in there all the time, which was really good. And I got to know big old Scotty and some other, other Chicago. It was, it was really neat. It was a different... Um, a different life, but not so with Chicken Unlimited. That was, uh, that was really, really bad. And uh, I had a lady that was just, I mean, she had a crisis every day. I mean, she was living a life of misery and making us all miserable with it. But uh, I remember talking to my dad, and he says, now the same way that you treated Mr. Gossage, you've got to treat this lady. And finally, I realized I couldn't work there because of the stuff going on in the scenes. But for a period of time, 
and I actually was able to witness to her. So I've been there. I've done a lot of it like some of you have worked in pretty difficult situations. But I want you to realize it says obey whether they're good and gentle or they're forward. And that's an important point. Uh, learn to trust the Lord in that regard. It's very critical for the world to see the reality of Christ by how you operate on the job. But here's something um, that I think is very uh, important, and that is the matter of when your boss is a Christian. That can sometimes be a little harder. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 1 says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Now we're talking about not just obedience, but honor. That the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, everybody hearing this? Listen to this closely. Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. You can imagine how, especially in the economy of slaves, how they would think that they deserved a, um, that they deserved a, a special benefit because this was a Christian brother who was the master. And they would think that they could get breaks and they could be treated on a different level, that there would be deference for their position. Now, obviously, Christian masters should have treated all their servants appropriately. That's also addressed especially in Ephesians and it's here in Colossians. And so that's very important. But the believing servant employee is not to expect that. In other words, there should be the same kind of attitude regardless and uh, don't expect preferential treatment because someone is saved. Let me just tell you, when it comes to problems between believers over my uh, years in the ministry, the number one issue I've had to deal with and our deacons have had to deal with is problems between believers on the job. Just the way it is. There is just, or especially if they uh, uh, own a business together, not a good deal or they do business with each other, not a good deal. Or, but if they work for each other. I'm telling you, some of the most difficult and uh, uh, very uh, emotionally high-intensity high times I've ever had in my office have been in those kind of situations. And uh, so, uh, be very careful. You know, say you go home and you've got a Christian, uh, you know, as someone's in your church and they hire you, you expect, you, you need to outwork every unsaved employee they have. And you need to show those employees that you are, uh, you're a servant of Jesus Christ and that the fact that that's a Christian employer, do not take advantage of that. That's very important. Now this is going to become very true when you get out in the ministry. Uh, many of you will be assistants. You will be working as teachers and instructors and have different kinds of positions in the ministry. So you're going to be working with Christians. 
And so you've got to get it settled right now about all of these different biblical principles uh, and not personalize the situations because there's going to be no pastor, there's going to be no administrator, there's going to be no one who is in charge of whatever area of ministry you're involved in that's going to be perfect. And you need to realize that even though your brothers and sisters in Christ, and they certainly from their standpoint ought to be considerate and be fair and do everything right, you have an obligation to obey and respect all the time. Case closed. And uh, that is a very, very important principle. This happens even on the mission field, though there isn't usually a chain of command, and I'm not for a chain of command on the mission field, unless it's a, let's say it's a teaching at school or something like that. There has to be an administrative chain of command. I think not with missionaries, one with another. I don't think that's the right kind of setup. But even in working with one another, there needs to be deference and an appreciation. You've got to have a non-personal reaction in ministry because uh, in working with one another there always will be deficiencies. And it's vital for the cause of Christ that you work hard and you show respect, you communicate and solve problems. This is going to be where you are. Uh, I have, I've had to have, deal with so many situations out on the field just because people cannot work with one another. And right now is when you are learning to do that. And this matter of working for Christians, I mean, even right now, uh, you are working for Christians if you're working for the church here. And uh, so give it your best. Let me say it's somewhat smart for you to do that. Okay? Because where do you think your recommendation is going to come from? I, you know, it's really interesting. I don't know what students are thinking. You know, they uh, somehow think their recommendations and how they act as a, as a student don't uh, go together, you know. And uh, what class did I say it to? I think I said it to pastoral theology this year, didn't I? Didn't I say, fellas, you know, it might be wise to do well on your papers because you are getting closer to graduation. I, mean, I think I did say that. And, uh, you know, and we do have to base our recommendations upon what we see. I mean, we cannot out of thin air say, this is a great guy. He didn't know how to write papers. He couldn't get anything on time. He barely passed, and his, his degree diploma is a little thin. But uh, <laughs> other than that, he'll be great. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you've got to realize uh, from just being smart that everything you do does make a difference. And in fact, let me just say this. Those that you work for will be your strongest recommendation. When I want to hire somebody, I want to, I want to hear from their supervisor and the other place they were in. And we, I call and we talk, uh, we talk about it. What kind of attitude? How consistent? How hard, you know, how hard did they work? So you are now building the foundation. Now God overrules all these things, but you need to realize that uh, that everything you do, and of course there needs to be, we're going to see a much deeper motivation, but do not despise Christian employers. Okay, you got that? This summer, it's, uh, wherever you work, if you're working right now, I mean the Bible says you're to have a full sense of, 
of submission to authority and to be, to be obedient. Get that settled in your heart and uh, God will bless you for it. Now, I wanted you to see this because of the generational perspective, this is as clear a Bible admonition as you're going to get. Okay, And it's all about the new man, if you go way back up to earlier in the chapter. All right, it says, according to the flesh. Now, this is a great encouragement to, to those that were slaves uh, because these were, going, these were their bosses, but not forever. Not forever. Can you imagine being a slave for life? The only way to get out of it was to go home to be with the Lord. And so, as long as you've got a human master, <laughs> human employer, this is, a, this is what you've got to do. But it's not going to be forever. And we'll see at the end of the passage that deals with that too. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. And let me just say this. Sometimes you do get into situations people don't fully understand you. Maybe you have to grow up some more. And some people are more sensitive than others. Some people are more thoughtful than others. Some people are just great bosses. Some are not quite so great. But God knows what He's doing. I love the story of a man named Mr. Cecil. One day he went to a room uh, where his little uh, girl was uh, bright-eyed and happy. Someone had just given her a box of beautiful beads. And she ran to her papa immediately to show the little gift. Well, they're beautiful, my child, he said. But now, my dear, throw them into the fire. <laughs> little girl looked for a moment. That was a great trial. And then he said... Uh, now, I'm not going to compel you to do it. I'll leave it to you. But you never knew Papa to ask you to do something that was not kind to you. I cannot tell you why. But if you can trust me, do so. Well, it was great effort. And she really struggled. But the little girl uh, decided she was going to do what her father, she said, Father's always been kind to me. I suppose it is right. And she threw the box with great effort into the fire. He said no more for some time. The next day he gave to her a... Uh, something far more beautiful, uh, which she had long desired. Now he said, my child, I did this to teach you to trust in that greater Father in heaven. Many a time in your life he will require you to give up and avoid what you cannot see the reasons for avoiding. But if you trust that Father as you have trusted me, you will always find it best. And in this matter of being in a tough situation, you give up what seems like your rights is not fair, this is hard. You know, you, sometimes you wonder, why did, why did I take this job? But I can't really get rid of it now. i got to make the money, but this is hard. You know, those, sometimes you just feel really in a rugged situation. Don't you think the Heavenly Father knows what He's doing? See, one of the things in life, folks, is a lot of things are going to be hard. But you've got to learn to be happy 24-7. And accept it, and give of your best, and, uh, and serve the Lord and, and trust that He is building you and molding you. Because not every situation is going to be exactly perfect. Uh, let's move on here. What's the standard of conduct? Well, it's pretty amazing. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Uh, very interesting uh, words here. Not only... They were not to merely render eye service by working hard. They were to truly do everything that, that they should do. Uh, they shouldn't just be pleasing men. And, and I just, this is something that you obviously know, but do you do what is expected or do you do what's the best? 
And by the way, homework is somewhat that way too. Schoolwork is that way. You know, at some point you've got to turn the corner to what's expected versus what is really the best. What honors God? What pleases those that you're, that you're working with and for? Uh, what is that which is going to accomplish His purpose the best? Folks, I've often said it only takes 5 or 10% more interest, and you can, uh, I'm sorry, 5 or 10% more uh, work and, and uh, intensity, and you can come up with something excellent rather than something with, that's okay. You know, don't you think Jesus deserves the best? And that needs to start. Uh, you know, work quickly, but thoroughly. Don't try to get more hours by being lazy. It's not right. Uh, give whoever you're working for uh, what they deserve. And what you do, do it well. Do it of the highest ability that you're able to do it. Don't try to, to please men. I tell you what, if you're always worried about being a men pleaser, you're never going to get anywhere. The fact is, God sees everything. And you've heard it said so many times, what you do in secret is who you really are. How hard do you work when nobody's watching you working? How many extra things? How creative are you to make things even better for your employer? What kind of attitude do you have when other people come in that... Uh, uh, come into your business and, and are you giving a right kind of attitude about that company for your employer? It gets right down to not just pleasing your employer when he's watching. It's just like a parent watching you, you get your job done, then you'll goof around until the parent shows up again. Uh, this is, goes down deep into who you are and your character. Uh, not men pleasers. Uh, it's very important, uh, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. has the idea that uh, determined uh, to uh, not be, have duplicity, but to uh, be very intent on doing that which is right. And what's really interesting here is fearing God. God knows. Um, fellas, if you were going to Ephesians chapter Five and look at husbands and wives, you find that uh, husbands and wives are to submit yourselves one to another, fearing God. You see, we have got to get back to not worrying about ourselves and what we can get away with, but what does God think? You will be brought into account for everything you do. How you use your time and how well you do what you do. Now, I can tell you right now, this little message I'm giving to you is not even talked about much today. This, is, this was core culture 60, 70 years ago because it was biblical. But you can, even in the secular world today, it's still employees that have this kind of attitude, even if they're not Christians, that, that do well. You can't escape it. And so you're hurting yourself and the cause of Christ when you don't have single-mindedness and don't have the uh, right kind of attitude. But here is really the key, verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. All right, your employer tells you to do something. 
Now, you've got to make a choice right then. You've got to realize that what I have just been told might as well have been told me by God. If it's not something directly unbiblical. It's been told me by the Lord. And I can either grudgingly or minimally do it, or I can do it heartily as unto the Lord. Have you ever found that when you don't like to do something, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, and it's just miserable to do? But when you decide you're going to do a great job and you get excited about doing it, it's not that hard to work. You really are the loser when you got a bad attitude. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, you can uh, have a job like, for instance, like love. Isn't that a joy? I tell you, there's just wonderful things in life. By the way, your life needs to be filled with white gloves, fellas, especially. But anyway, uh, but uh, you can either oh, get, barely get through it or have a great time. I remember one time I was doing white glove in college, and we lived, again, this uh, back in the old days business. But we had, to, we had to strip and wax our floors in our room. Ooh, I mean, I'm telling you. We worked hard back then, and uh, we had iron bunks that had to be, you know, they get a little rusty. And I mean, we had to do, we had, it, was, uh, it was like the Army back then. We still have some of those old administrators back in my day that didn't know that we were in a new age, you know. And uh, so we were still back in World War II. But, uh, uh, but I remember one time, all of my whole room, and I, was, I think I was room leader at that time, we were all just groaning about it, and we decided, what are we doing? Let's just have a ball. And I don't remember what we did. We had a contest and we'd, we had music going and we all decided everybody will be there all at the same time. We're going to do this and we're going to have the best room on the hall. So much for this bad attitude stuff. And it was really fun. I, I can't remember. We, I, we laughed more in that period of time than I probably did all in college. And we did have the best room, if I remember correctly. Uh, we were, we uh, worked hard at it. And uh, it, so heartily as unto the Lord. You know, there are just some people that just love life. They decided to love life. And some of you are just grouches. You know, everything's bad. You know, I don't care if it's 60 degrees and sunny outside. You walk in and there's snow over you. You know, I mean, uh, you, you've got something. Some, somebody's bugged you. Something's not fair. It's just not right. Have you noticed that certain people have all the problems with administration? You know, how did that happen? And then another person's all excited about working with the administration. Attitude. Attitude. Same thing with parents. Same thing with a boss. It's all the same stuff. You decide to be biblical, realizing nobody's perfect, but you have a job to do. You might as well enjoy what you're doing. In other words, don't survive between now and the middle of May. Let's have a blast, you know. Let's have a good time working with papers and all these kind of... I mean, honestly, attitude, the Spirit of God will give you a tremendous attitude in which you can really enjoy. But it also realize that it is a sacred duty. You're doing it to God. Uh, everything you do, every lesson you teach, all of you in the cleaning crew... By the way, thank you all of you that are on the cleaning crew. Uh, it makes a big difference. A big difference. That's under the Lord. And of course, everyone here thinks uh, the kitchen crew is heavenly, you know, when they come out with... Uh, <laughs> 
you're going to say that because you want good food to come out there. So, uh, uh, and on and on we could go. And some of you all do some stuff that ain't very much fun. But uh, uh, it is, it's important that we do it heartily as unto the Lord. Honestly, the best way, and I remember several times as I went through some hard situations, I had a boss at, at college that was a bear. And he was about 400 pounds to top it off. So he was a bear. He was a big, big dude. And uh, it was just a little frustrating. But, you know, I, I got right on that. And I learned to love that man. And I learned a lot from him. And he became a good friend later on. You know, it's just amazing what attitude will do. But remember again, when you're told somebody by a duly appointed authority, God told you that. And that will help you. I remember several times I give the illustration uh, in uh, college. I had to hand a booklet out as a senior monitor. Now I was a junior hall leader, and of course, Brother Himes knows exactly what I'm talking about. A book that uh, was a negative thing about his grandfather, and it, it really grieved me. I was upset. And I was to take it and give it to every student I had uh, Oh, my hall, I don't know, I probably had 150 students on my hall. And um, so I had to, to give it to every one of them. And I called up my dad and I said, Dad, I am not going to do that. And my dad says, yes, you are. And my dad was more grieved than I was. He knew the depth of what that meant. But he says, you are under authority, young man, and you will have a good attitude. You will not do anything that will undercut uh, the, the authority there. And I think he may have quoted, do it heartily unto the Lord. And, uh, well, that was, that was really good for me because I was unhappy. I, and I think I had a right to be unhappy, frankly, now that I look at it historically. But it didn't matter. I was, it wasn't me, it, me making that decision. And, uh, and the authorities that had me do that I was still able to keep a tremendous relationship with him that was a great blessing for the years to come. In fact, even some of that kind of thing was dealt with and had opportunity over the years. I'm telling you folks, things you do as a student do have long-term impact. It does follow you. And uh, so just learn, I'm telling you, when you just keep with the right attitude, God's going to bless. And that's really the whole thrust of this. He's telling those slaves, listen, God's going to take care of you. You do right. You have the right testimony. You work hard. You give of yourself. You be a testimony for the Lord. You treat your authorities with the same attitude you treat the, the Lord. And God's going to bless. And, uh, and it is so important that... Uh, that we understand that. And, and if you look at the, the last couple of verses here, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Jesus. Now let me stop here. The judgment seat of Christ will also include how you responded to authority. Because every authority, your parents and every other situation you, you're in, that was all to God. And it will show in who you are. It will show in your attitude. Believe me, you will know yourself later on. It will make a difference in your marriage, in working with other people. But it will affect your relationship with the Lord. 
And God, to these slaves, God, if you do what's right, God's going to bless you in eternity. This life is only a speck on the timeline of eternity. Don't live with the wrong attitude now and, and injure uh, your entrance into heaven. That's pretty important. Then to encourage them, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. In other words, you do right, you'll be blessed if you do wrong. If the employer does wrong, God will take care of that. And if uh, you do wrong, obviously that's going to uh, make a difference. Notice that masters are dealt with, verse 1, Masters give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. And let me just remind you of this. If you will have a right attitude toward the jobs that you have at home or here or wherever, when you become the, the person who's in charge, if you've had a right attitude under, God will bless you when you're over. You'll have the right spirit toward, toward people, and God will bless you. It's an amazing thing. But if you didn't do right, it will come back to haunt you. When you don't do right to your parents, it comes back to haunt you with your own kids. I see it all the time. Everything has consequences. So I know this is an unusual message, but think about how many hours you spend working. You know, it's a big deal. And uh, so I really do want to encourage you to really think right now, what attitude do you have? I mean, right now, would your employer say, yes, this, this uh, young man, this young lady, and their attitude is just tremendous. They're a tremendous encouragement. Uh, they're constantly supporting what I'm doing. I'm just so appreciative of them to have them in my company. Uh, the other employees uh, appreciate them. Uh, what would uh, your work supervisor here say? Yes, I could recommend right now to any kind of ministry or job because I can count on them. They're there. They're there on time. They do it well. They have a great attitude. Uh, they are they're just regularly doing that. Or, well, I've got to really work with them. I don't know. It's a good question to ask yourself. What would be your write-up? How would you write it up? The question is, how would God write it up? So it is a big deal. You can talk all you want to. You can be as pious and spiritual as you want. I've had guys just talking all about being filled with the Spirit. and They're the lousiest employees I've ever seen. There's a disconnect, and they'll implode. They did implode, frankly, some situations that I've seen. Now, it, if you're really walking with God, it's just real. So enjoy all the responsibilities that God's given you and determine that you're going <clears throat> to, uh, to truly uh, serve the Lord heartily.